Hello, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist, Sayward B. Eller, and I am thrilled because today kicks off Season 4's interviews. I have invited Joanna Monahan, author of the upcoming women's fiction debut, Something Better, to join me today. Before we get started, I want to say that this is a pre-recorded interview, so the audio is a little bit different. If you're wearing earbuds, please adjust your volume because the interview will be slightly louder than this recording. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. And like we were just discussing, you are one of my last interviews. So I am so happy we got to meet and that we'll be able to chat before I stop this. And I mean, we'll still talk over Instagram, I'm sure. <laughs> my favorite. Sometimes I, you know, spend the whole day chatting with people. I'm like, oh, I haven't actually talked to like a person face to face all day. I've just been busy chatting, you know, on Instagram all day. Exactly, or TikTok for me, a TikTok or Reddit or Instagram. Okay, yeah, I've, I've stayed out of TikTok so far. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's. I think that I actually heard a couple of years ago when I was um, trying to build my platform. I took a bunch of stuff with Jane Friedman. I absolutely love her. And one of the webinars that I took, I think it was one that she hosted. Someone else did the webinar. And they said, you know, it's great to be on all these social media platforms, but focus on one. Put all, you know, not all of your eggs per se, but put your focus on one. And then you can just kind of play around with the others. And I, I thought that was really great advice. Yeah, that's, I, I, follow Jane Freeman as well, um, and also Mixtus Media, and they suggest the same thing. As, uh, I think she always says, start simple, get fancy later. And I think that's good advice. <laughs> I think it is, too. <laughs> Especially because it just feels like it, our attentions get too divided, and if we're not taking off on like TikTok, like I did not take off on TikTok, I'm too boring for that. I'm not pretty enough for TikTok. So I stalled on TikTok, but on Instagram, I have a lot of engagement and I have more followers and I'm, my, my personal account keeps growing more and more. So I said, I really, Instagram is my favorite. So why don't I just focus on Instagram and I'll just have fun with the others and put stuff up every now and then. I really enjoyed on Instagram. I love the writing community, and I like the uh, writing challenges. That's what got me, um, are all these little, like, two-week challenges where you meet other writers and genres and, you know, get to read each other's work, and I just think that's fabulous. I agree. I haven't, I haven't participated in any of those, but since I am focusing more on writing for the rest of the year, after I take the summer off, then I will hopefully be able to... <laughs> But that'll be fun. Yes, we'll, we'll find each other on a writing challenge. Absolutely. Now, to get to my first question, it's the first one I always ask. What genre or genres do you write in, and how long have you been writing? Well, I write in women's fiction, and that's what my debut novel is in. Um, 
I sort of got there by accident. Well, almost every story about this is by accident, but um, I had sort of dipped my toe into the idea of um, writing a book back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, when like the Bridget Jones kicklet sort Mm -hmm. of generation started. Um, I wrote about 80 pages of a terrible, terrible manuscript, and luckily that did not (laughs) come to fruition. Um, And then um, got married, had kids, was busy, um, sort of played around again with the idea in like 2010, 2011 of maybe doing children's book, a children's book or like YA. Mm -hmm. Um, So my first NaNoWriMo in a YA genre Um, and then put it in a drawer for another eight years. And then when I got serious about writing in 2018, 2019, I thought briefly about doing what sticking with YA and then realized that was, I was kind of too far gone from like it, it, it kind of like with TikTok. I was like, I, I am nowhere near being YA <laughs> anymore. Like my experience, I knew I need to write something a little closer to my actual experience. So I started writing fiction, not realizing it was women's fiction. And then finally kind of came to know the genre later. I worked with a writing coach. I started doing research and found out that what I was writing was women's fiction. So that's how I ended up there. Um, but I will say there's a lot of sort of YA feel in my book, and that's on purpose. Um, and I, there's no genre for that. I was playing with ideas of, like, calling it something, but, you know, old adult just is very... <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to work. I think that's insulting, so I have to come up with a new name. <laughs> I, I think that was a very good... Um, it was very good for you to realize that. <laughs> now, when did you know? You said that you started writing. I don't, it is, I wonder how many authors, how many writers Helen Fielding actually inspired with Bridget Jones. But when did you know for certain that you wanted to be a writer? Was it around 2018, 2019? That was actually, it was, um, yeah, kind of again by sort of a slow realization. Um, yeah, because when I was growing up, I wanted to be an actress. I was going to be an actress, and so I loved to read, but I read to, like, research roles. Mm-hmm. You know, I would envision myself being, you know, Meg Murray or, you know, Sarah Crew, um, Ramona Quimby. You know, that was, I, I wasn't, I didn't want to write like Beverly Cleary or Madeline Lingle. I wanted to be her characters in a play or in a movie. Um so that was kind of originally my plan. And then when that did not come to fruition, I sort of veered away from the creative arts for a while. Um, and so it wasn't until 2015, I was actually working, um, I was working for a professional organizing company. I was doing organizing and we got the opportunity to move from Colorado to North Carolina and I wanted to continue working for the company, but I didn't want to organize anymore. So they asked me to do their communications and their writing. And so I started writing full time for the company. And I realized I really like this. I could do this. And so that's when the idea came back into my head. And then it took a couple more years to sort of really kick in. But 2019, December 2019 was when I decided I'm going to try to make a go of this. 
Fantastic. So yeah. you said that you did work with the uh, with that company. Are you still doing that? What do you do outside of writing? I don't. Um, I I had finished up kind of my work for that job. Um, I had found it. They were lovely, and I had a great time um, working with them. But I found living so far away, like I, I was kind of living in two worlds, and I mm-hmm. wanted to really, you know, be involved where I lived at the time. So I am fortunate enough that writing is my full time uh, career right now, which is great. You know, it just. I hadn't planned on that. I planned on working part-time and writing part-time, but then, you know, 2020 happened, <laughs> and I was at home writing full-time. <laughs> and then um, just with timing and with kids, um, the scheduling, it's just been better. It's been a better balance for us, but I just, I'm staying home and writing, and then I can kind of handle all the day-to-day stuff that pops up unexpectedly. <laughs> And it um, does. <laughs> it really, really does. You think as the kids get older, it's going to get like easier, but it, it does not. Their stuff just gets farther away. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I went through that. Um, of course, I wasn't writing full time yet. I didn't start writing full time until I think all of my children were out of high school. Um, but I can imagine if I had had children at home, it would have been. A much different experience when I went full-time. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that you were actually able to make that transition, and it seems like it's working out well. You have your debut that's coming out June 20th, 2023. <laughs> it's, just, it's a week after my oldest graduates from high school, so it's been oh. kind of a neat little uh, analogy or metaphor. You know, yeah. Both of these big things happened at the same time. Fantastic. And I saw that um, it's being published through Blue Ink Press, which looks to be a small press out of North Carolina. And, and of course, I'm from North Carolina, so even though I live in Arkansas now. (laughs) Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, I used to live about an hour from Raleigh, so toward Greensboro. Okay, I guess we played a lot of baseball in that direction. <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you have. So this debut, Something Better, is its title, and it is listed as a coming-of-middle-age story. And I have to tell you, when I read the um, the, the blurb up on Amazon, I, I'm going to read this book because it is exactly my kind of story. Will you tell us a little bit about about the book, how it came to be, and uh, what it was like working with, because it looks like Blue Ink is a really small press, and I am always interested for the listeners, for my listeners to kind of get a feel for, because I am in the camp that small presses are absolutely traditional publishing, and there are some people who don't really view small presses that way for whatever reason. So I really like whenever I have someone who's published through a small press to kind of talk to us about that experience. So if you don't mind, if you'll tell us a little bit about the book, how it came to be, and then working with that small press. So the book really came about, like I said, I had started in December of 2019. I thought, you know, I'm going to play around with the idea of writing a fiction book. And like I said, I was coming from, I was transitioning out of writing YA 
and I love YA. I love to read it. Um, and so I, my first thought was I wanted to write a book that could sort of live in sort of a YA world. Um, so my original plan was it was going to take place. It was going to be adults, but they were going to be at a high school reunion. And it was, the book was going to take place from each uh, attendees perspective. So I thought, oh, okay, I can still get my high school and I can get a lot of flashbacks in. Um, and it was really going to be kind of snarky, funny high school, oh, the worst years of your life kind of thing. <laughs> and then like when everything shut down, we were all at home, I was writing and it was just really funny how the book kind of softened. It became much more about what it means to be in a family, in a relate, in a long-term relationship, are how we attach significance to the small moments in our lives and how that changes through the years. And I really started looking at how being a parent, and specifically, I wrote it from the perspective of a female protagonist, being a wife and mother in your 40s, your kids are getting ready to leave, the house you're looking at what's next in your life um I started thinking about how that felt like when you're graduating high school there's a lot of similarities that sort of same classic coming of age YA book as there is in this period of life so I thought it's sort of morphed into looking at those two things side by side. So it's not a dual timeline, but it is told from one perspective. Corinne, the main character is this wife and mother looking at her life, you know, where, where she's been, where she's going, what's next. And then she's also flashing back to what her life was like when she was in high school and wondering what life might have been like if she made different changes. And in the midst of this, a uh, invitation to her high school reunion shows up and sort of blows everything up for her. So that's kind of what it's about and where it started. Like I said, it started as a much more snarky book and that got, um, got softer. And, um, you know, I mean, I can't stress enough how there was no plan for this. It just sort of happened. It sounds all organized when I talk about it, but it was not. Um, but I worked with a writing coach who really helped me kind of identify themes and looking where I could dig deeper, where the similarities were, what, you know, what we're all going through just, you know, as parents moving forward in life, you know, and when we have to make choices and, you know, when our past comes up and taps us on the shoulder, what happens next? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what it is and how it came to be. Um, and then, uh, so I finished it, it pretty quickly over the pandemic. This was my project. I didn't learn to bake bread. I didn't, <laughs> you know, didn't get a dog. My, my kids were very disappointed in that. Um, but I wrote a book and started querying it. And I queried... Um, for an agent for about a year, um, so about till the end of 2021, and then and I've gotten some requests and some feedback, but um, I, it wasn't you know it wasn't the big Cinderella story that everybody hoped you know. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a break, 
And um, then I let a few people that I trusted that I met through Instagram, um, through writing challenges, read it. And they encouraged me to keep going. And so we, I switched tactics and started looking at smaller publishers. Um, and at that time, this was about March of 2022, and Blue Ink Press had an, they do an annual open submission call. Mm-hmm. You don't have agented. And so I thought, well, you know, I had heard of them. Our local indie bookseller, um, Page 158 Books in Wake Forest, shout out, fabulous bookstore. They had, uh, Stu Lucy, the owner, had suggested uh, that I look at Blue Ink Press because I had asked her, I said, where do you stock local books from? And so she had mentioned Blue Ink Press. So when they popped up as a potential uh, publishing avenue, I thought, you know, what do I have to lose at this point? I'll send out my query. And they responded, said, we got it. Give us three months. And three months later, they called. And, yeah, we had a wonderful conversation. And, yeah, and we started from there. They offered me a contract. Fantastic. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I went to Blue Press Inc.'s website. And I noticed in their submission guidelines that they want a marketing plan. And I've seen this with other small presses, Black Rose, uh, Black Rose Printing or yeah, press, press, something like that. Um, I should know Black Rose because my friend is published through them, but I can't remember that third word. But um, so I've seen it with other small presses and I wondered, since I have you here, without going into too much detail and without putting you too much on the spot, what would, what advice would you give writers? Like, what would, what would you put into a marketing plan to really get the attention of the publisher and really make them, I guess, romance them into giving you a contract, what what do you think are the best things to add into that marketing plan? You know, I think, and I can't speak from their perspective, but like I really appreciated that they asked me for a marketing plan. I came from it, uh, I came at it from the side of, this is great. They want to know a little bit more about me and what I want, want for my book. So I was very realistic. I know that this is my debut novel, um, I'm not a known commodity. So my goals were, I really wanted to have, a, I wanted to focus my uh, publishing and marketing locally. So I wanted to focus on Triangle area here in North Carolina. Um, I wanted to have a big party at a local bookstore. <laughs> you know, like I want the picture of me holding my book mm-hmm. up. Um, I talked about uh, what, I, you know, what I bring to the table, you know, I, I like to talk, I like to do interviews, I like to do marketing, I'm pretty social, um, you know, I have a background in event planning and, you know, conferences, I will, you can put me on a camp, you know, those types of things, so I talked, I really put together a plan that played to my strengths, um, and I felt what in my sort of expectations then. I think they really appreciated that. They've been wonderful to work with. Um, and they're very upfront. And I would imagine that uh, most small presses are um, pretty upfront about what they can and cannot offer mm-hmm. as a small press. They, you know, 
they didn't want me to come in, you know, not knowing what to expect. Um, and it's been a real open dialogue, and I've been able to call them and say, I'm thinking about doing this, but I don't know how to do this. And they've said, well, we can help you, you know, with certain things. So um, it's been a great give and take and back and forth. And I think that's, you want to look for that. I think other authors who are looking to go small, uh, with a small press, be ready to put the work in, you know, and and just trust your gut that the conversation is going two ways, and that the, you know, that the, the sweat equity is there on both sides. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. I, I am terrible at um, queries, synopsis, and marketing plans, apparently, because whenever I see them, I just... I'm paralyzed. I well, not so much with the queries and the synopsis anymore. But when I see marketing plan, I'm just paralyzed. I'm I'm just like I don't know what to put in here. So I appreciate very much you taking the time to give us a, a few pointers on yeah. what we should do. Now, oh, and I'm sorry. I was just no, going to say okay. too, I would just say to really think about it in terms of what you what you can do print, what you can do media what you can do in person, you know, it doesn't have to be big and fancy. And if it's local, I mean, that's the best way. It's yeah. like starting, you can build out and out and out. So I, I think that's a great plan. What are you working on now? And is it going to be released through Blue Ink Press as well? Uh, so I am working on a second women's fiction uh, manuscript. Right now, I am going to be going back out to query for agents for the second one. So we will see where that takes us. Uh, but this is more of a, a family comedy. Uh, it's a little lighter than I think something better has some funny moments, but this is definitely, I, I definitely shifted into comedy for this one. Um, I was channeling like my big tag Greek wedding in Shit's Creek when I was thinking about it. Oh, I love those. Both of those. I love them. <laughs> so, again, yeah, I felt like, I think after, you know, 2021 or so, I was like, I got to laugh. I got to do something funny. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this one's about a brother and a sister who are estranged, you know, oil and water, but they have to come together to uh, save the family flower shop. Oh, nice. So, I have two drafts in... If it's anything like my first book, I've got four drafts to go. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> now, what is your revision process like? I see your board behind you. It looks like you're a pretty organized writer. <laughs> I was trying something. This was me after having read Save the Cat, writes a novel. Mm -hmm. And I, just, I was trying to plot out the, uh, the beat. So I've kept that up. I have another version of it behind me here on, uh, on sticky notes that I've been moving around. Um, but I actually heard you say in another uh, podcast, you call you said you were an, a revision writer. Mm -hmm. and yes. I am too. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, I think like we were talking about before, it's that first draft is the sitting down and writing. Like what you really think about as when people think about a writer. It's just sitting down and tappity tappity, you mm -hmm. know, writing all the words and 
you know, kind of stream of consciousness. And that's the first track for me. I like that. I like the NaNoWriMo kind of style of that. Mm-hmm. And then the work begins in the second draft where you go back and you try to fix some of the big gaping plot holes. Mm-hmm. And the third draft where you, you know, try to fix the, the thematic, you know, and the continuity and all of that. So, um, yeah, each draft I feel like I focus on one thing and try to make that the best I can, and then I focus on the next thing in the next draft. I can't try to do all the things in one draft. Definitely. And I think that the revision is, for me, that's where the art really comes in. Because, you know, I've, I've spat out the entire story, and now I get to sit down and I get to, to do the little nuances. And I get to create the, you know, do the little things with character that really make people fall in love with them. And add those setting pieces in there, things like that. That's where my real art comes in, is in the revision process. It it is. It's fun. It's where you get to really dig into an interesting idea. Yes. Or or a character that maybe sort of showed up in one scene, suddenly you realize is very useful, and so you get to blow their part up. Absolutely. Yeah, in my... Uh, next work in progress in the, the story about the brother and sister, there's an elderly shopkeeper who had a walk-on part in my first draft, and now I've realized that she is fabulous, and so i gotta, I got to put her back into a lot of other scenes. Yeah, I did that with um, my book that I got signed with an agent. There was a, a very small character toward the end of the book, and I said, you know what? She deserves a bigger, she deserves a bigger role. So, in the third or fourth draft, she got her bigger role. <laughs> I feel like it's just like it's their subconscious is working on it this whole time. Mm-hmm. And, then, and kind of it shows up when you need it. I love that. Exactly. Okay. We have come to the final question because we are running out of time. Um, you don't need to rush with this answer, but uh, it's the one that I ask at the close of every single episode what is the best writing advice you've ever heard or that you've ever been given um it is a fabulous piece of writing advice that i got from my writing coach um i don't know if it's okay if i give her a quick shout out charlotte rains dixon and she is fabulous i've worked with her for both my um women's fiction uh books and she gave me the piece of advice when I was really struggling with my second book. And she said, just act as if. And what she said about that is just act as if you've already got it figured out. If you are stuck at a corner or if you know that something's not working, but you don't want to go back to the beginning and fix it, just act as if it's fixed. Go and pick up, you know, your writing. Like, there's no rules. Pick up your pen and start acting as if you've got, you're exactly where you want to be with that character, with the plot. Don't worry about the whole, you know, the plot hole behind you. Just move on. Act as if you've got it all figured out. You can fix it later in revision. That is great advice. (laughs) It is. It got me out of a huge 
writers. I've been in a three-month writing block and just acting as if those last three months had happened. And I just picked up my pen and I started writing the story from where I thought I should. I was able to finish it and then go back to the beginning and see how to get to that point again. Absolutely. That is fantastic advice because especially for new writers, because a lot of new writers think that their first draft is going to be it, right? So they think it's going to be perfect. So they spend so much time stressing out over things that they can really deal with later in revisions and they get stuck and they stay stuck. So I think that is perfect advice. And I thank you so much for sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's saved me a few times already, and I, I should just embroider it on a pillow and put it in my office. Yes, and then embroider some more and sell them on Etsy. There you go, exactly. That'll be my side of it. <laughs> okay, well, Joanna, I am so glad that I stumbled upon your post about um, Pretty in Pink on Instagram. <laughs> I'm a huge John Hughes in the 80s fan, so, um, and I know that you are as well, so I'm so glad I found your post, and I am just so appreciative that you came on today and spoke with me about your new book coming out June 20th, and just that we got to have a chat. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Like I, like I told you, this is my first podcast, and it's just been a delightful experience, but I've just loved it. So thank you for having me. Thank you, and I'm honored to be your first podcast. <laughs> I will see you, I guess. I will find you in writing challenges about Throwback Thursday, and I can't wait to see what you're doing next after about this writing thing. And I can't wait to read your new work, too. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope that you enjoyed my chat with debut women's fiction author Joanna Monahan, And I hope that you'll check out her book, Something Better. It came out yesterday via Blue Ink Press. I will put a link to her website in the description box so that you can check out Something Better and anything that you want about Joanna. As for me, I am still working on revisions. Hopefully I will have those turned into my agent by the time this episode goes live because I am taking off the summer to spend with some very special little boys that I have missed very much. <laughs> I hope that you'll join me again on July 5th when I interview Elizabeth Sumner Waffler, the author of the upcoming A Cleft in the World. Until then, take care and keep writing.